You're listening to the Water Into Wine podcast, hosted by Grace Valentine and Ketley Valcourt. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Water Into Wine podcast. Whether you're listening to this at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., maybe pour a glass of wine, maybe don't. Like, I'm drinking Coke and water right now. Ketley's drinking wine, and we are so excited to be here. So, Ketley, are you excited about our conversation today? Yes, I'm excited about our conversation because we're talking about hard conversations. How? Oh, this is going to be so hard. <laughs> oh, so hard. So tense. I love good tension. I love good yes. tension. Um, so when I first brought this idea to Grace, I was kind of like on back and forth, you know, we're discussing kind of like, what do you want to do for February? And I'm like, I love that all these great businesses and organizations are, you know, paying respects to Black History Month. But my frustration is, you know, come March 1st, nothing else gets said about it. So I said, what if we just had an episode of how to continually have not just conversations on race, but just hard conversations in general. Because, you know, I love that people want to talk about, you know, racial conversations in February and then nothing else in March. Or March comes around, nothing else, you know, happens after that. But I'm like, guys, guess what? I am black all months of the year. So I'd <laughs> love to have a conversation literally anytime in April, December, like whatever. So let's expand it because I also want to just ha- like talk about how conversations can be had by Christians who should be leading them in the first place. Yeah, well, no, I love that because actually I even, this isn't, we didn't talk about bringing this up, but I think recently I was talking about something that, like, for a future book that kind of made me want to squirm. Like, uh, I don't know what I can say right now about it, but it will. it's not my next book out, but it's the next book after that. It's just involving, like, the cover and that they may want to put my face on it. And it's funny because I think if you know me personally, you're probably like, Grace would love that. And like, yeah, I would love a photo shoot. But I think I first felt very convicted. And Ketley was great because I brought it up to her. I'm like, I know I'm a white girl. And Ketley was like, well, you can't help that you're white. And it was great to have a conversation with her about it all. Just to like have a friend that you can be honest with about something hard. And like, I'm like, is this is this privilege? Is this whatever? And she broke down. She goes, well, yeah, there will be people who like maybe turned off by it but at the same time if that's like what the wise publisher wants you to do like you can't help that you're white like but you can work towards and you should ask those hard conversations like you should have those questions and so I really appreciate that the other day and I think that's just so rare today that you can have a friend that you can call without being feared that you're gonna say the wrong thing or you're gonna do the wrong thing that you can be honest about like something you're going through or something that's going on in the world and you can be like hey this is what's going on I don't know so no definitely I think that's something I appreciate about like Grace and I's conversation is that we are both like I guess for the most part confrontational um and we don't mind the tension we don't mind like having the conversation that needs to be had um so I took to Instagram and ooh, you did. yes we asked you guys hey yes we did I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) um are you confrontational and it was really interesting because you know a lot of the followers I know personally and I kept like seeing all of these responses i'm like really um but 72 percent of y'all said no you're not confrontational um and then the next one the next poll said do you fight for closure and this one surprised me it it was 58 percent saying yes so leaving 42 percent saying no and for the first like i guess 12 16 hours majority of the day it was leading with no and then out of nowhere everyone else came out and was like no i want to have the 
uh, conversation. I want to fight for closure. And honestly, I'm a big fight fighter for closure. I will fight tooth and nail to have the conversation. For me, I'm going to just sit and like fester in my brain of like, what is the reason? Why can't they say this to me? Why aren't we friends anymore? So I will just, you know, strap on my boots knock on the door, send the text, you make the phone call and be like, why is this the way it is? See, it's funny. And I agree with you because if you know me, even like my friend Ramsey's like, every time I feel like I need tough skin at work, I just think of you, Grace. And I'm like, I, it's funny though because I'm like, I, I cry really easily. Like if I get like any sort of tension, like just the way I process my emotions is that I get like a little teary-eyed. But I do feel like I'm good at confrontation but when I say when you say fight for closure I get a little hesitant about that Mm. and the reason I get hesitant is because I think sometimes we're fighting for the answers we want and not actually closure like if it's if I I even think of like uh, a tension I had with a friend that was like the past two years Julie mentioned it before I wonder if he listens anyways there was probably a point when I had to be like okay I had given him every chance to speak into this and it's never I'm never getting a truthful answer. I don't feel like I'm getting anything. And so finally, instead of like, I mean, I guess I gave him closure because I was like, we can't be friends anymore. This is where I'm at. And then he went a little psycho on me. And that was the closure I needed. And mm. I and I, I was like, we'll talk on the phone. We'll talk again about it. But I'm like, you know what? I don't need to talk anymore. Like, that was the closure I needed. Maybe he didn't get the closure he needed. But I'm like, I have spent so many hours and minutes and days worrying about this, stressing about this conversation, wondering if I've been clear enough. And at the end of the day, clarity won't help crazy. Like, you know, it's so there's so many crazy moments in our life that like, yes, fight for the truth and fight for being honest but also some people don't want closure they just want life to go their way right and so it's hard to have closure with someone else who doesn't want closure too do you get what i'm saying no it definitely makes sense and i think i love what you said like it's not so much you're fighting for closure it's more like the answers you want and i definitely been in situations where i had to like, check myself and say like i that conversation didn't go the way i wanted to so i'm gonna go back and make sure or that you get i your said answer you're like but can you not say that? Can like, you not you know, say that? Like, I remember dating a guy and I was like, so is your faith part of you, like a big part of you? And he was like, honestly, not that really. But like maybe one day and I was like, I finally asked him the question and it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and you get you get frustrated because then, you know, you know, deep down, you know, the right answer. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember my senior, I guess my last semester at college, I always call it like my semester of hard conversations because I felt as though back to back to back to back. I was just having like these unnecessarily like hard conversations. And there was one where um, a friend of mine was having a wedding. And like this is a friend where we would talk about, you know, our weddings all the time and how much fun they're going to be. And then out of nowhere, I learned that like everyone else was invited but me. And I was kind of like, wait, what? And it was one of those it was one of those friendships where I'm like, I can literally call you and ask you why I'm not. Like That's how close we were. And I remember him giving me the response. And I'm kind of like that's that's not that doesn't make sense it literally did not make sense it was something with like oh the numbers and this and this and I'm like "Uh, no that's not it and like kind of hearing that like half-hearted answer that was the closure I needed Mm because like not being invited to a wedding is like saying hey like this is you know my life now and I'm gonna move on with the people I care about most with this Mm. and now I've realized and I don't know what it was for them but like you are not a part of that so yeah. I told him, and he kind of gave me like, "Oh my gosh, but like we found room for you. Come, you know, come hang out, come party." And I'm like, "No, but no, that's no, no, not, no, that's not the close. Yeah, and that's not what I wanted. I don't want a pity invite. I'm no worth way more than that." But like, when he gave me that response and me knowing like that's not even a good response doesn't make any sense. That was a closure I needed of like, okay, 
we're parting ways and we're moving on. And it wasn't so much like bad blood of like, I hate him. I despise them. Like it was more of like, this is the end of it and I'm okay. Yeah. It's funny. So even in the Bible and like not trying to Jesus joke this, if you're not religious, like I think you can also still realize that the Bible has great stories that teach you a good lesson. Um, even though I, it gives me peace and it gives me like, it helps, gives me answers for things. But in Acts 15, 36 to 40, uh, Paul and Barnabas. So Acts is when like, they're kind of telling everyone about Jesus. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's back in heaven. Everyone's like trying to like tell the, spread the gospel like crazy. And Paul and Barnabas were two like apostles. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ketley. And they got in a quarrel. They got in a fight over like a disagreement over John and Mark and their participation. And like, even just like at the end of the day, preaching styles, like things like that. And they talked about it and then they parted ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sometimes your the closure is to turn around like to have a conversation but just like okay we're not meant to be we're not right. meant to be friends you don't owe anyone friendship you don't owe anyone that um but it's a lot easier to fight for closure even and get the answers you want if the other person's fighting for closure too but like sometimes the healthiest thing you can do is part ways you know and i think there's so many people i think of like an old job i had and like i you know i'm trying to be like good about not talking too much like bad about it but i was so hurt so hurt and there was a time when some of those people tried to come back in my life and it was so frustrating because it's like I had built up the closure where they pushed me out and they made me feel guilty about running in a crop top like not even a crazy crop top like drinking wine at a wedding and things like that and I was like so then now I've like rebuilt rebuilt my brand this podcast has wine in it like I post fitness stuff on Instagram and now they're like we're so proud of you and I'm like you were using this to shame me and so it's been like now that they're like trying to come back in my life i've had to like tell people before like you know what that's very kind that they like want to cheer me on but i think for my own closure for myself i don't want them in my life like that like you don't earn a seat at my table like i can forgive you because of who christ is but like i don't think i need to spend one more ounce in a conversation with you about this and like i don't know if that's biblical i don't know if that's healthy like i don't i don't even know if i'm doing that right and i feel convicted some days maybe i should just be be bop and be friends with everyone but i'm like i am still so like they made me feel so disgusted with myself so hurt there were so many tears i cried i even was blocked after all this by one of them on instagram which i was like i asked them i was like why was i blocked i had to top off everything it's not like right. i was like commenting you suck you little twerp like, yeah. you know? so i'm like i anyways i've i went through so many emotions now that they want in my life i've also had to be like you know what for my own peace for what I need, that door is done, you know? Yeah. And this, I think I see people do that. Like I have friends in relationships who don't give up on a relationship way past the due date, you know? Yeah. It's like, it is expired. Never overstay your welcome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Exactly. And I'm like, you know, you have to love yourself enough. Like I think mm -hmm. I saw recently a quote from someone on Instagram named Riley Courage. She's really sweet. I love her a lot. And she spoke and she said, you date your self-esteem. And so I think that seems to your friendships. Like you, you date your self-esteem. Well, yeah. Like as in like how that. you view yourself is what you date. And same thing mm -hmm. with like your mm. friendships. Like you're friends with people who are like your self-esteem. And so like I think sometimes confrontation can be great. But confrontation will only get you there. Especially nowadays there's some manipulators out there. There's people who are going to say what you want to hear. And you have to understand and have the discernment to have the wisdom to see like Jesus does and see for a truth what it is, you know? Oh, definitely. And I think like a lot of times, like we as Christians or I'm honestly girl Christians and I'm really bad at this, but like just being friends with 
everybody like no matter like what they've done no matter like how they view like what their viewpoints are it's just like well no like we have to love them we have to love them but like honestly love and grace looks different for every person like some person might need that distance some person might need like hey that hard conversation some person might need that like oh let's go out for coffee and like come over all of that stuff not everyone and I remember um Oh, Sadie Robertson actually said this, um, that Jesus had the masses. He had the 12, he had the three, he had the one. And he treated them all differently. Like, he had the masses of people that would follow him and listen to his messages. He had um, the 12 disciples who he would obviously, like, you know, empower and go and have them preach the gospel. He had the three favorites, and then he had one, like, the favorite, John, um, who was entrusted to take care of Jesus' mother after, like, Jesus died on the cross. So it's just, like, how we treat every single person is going to look differently, especially after a hard conversation and like if you realize hey like this friendship is done that is okay I saw this one quote on Instagram or on Twitter and I don't know who said this um but it was like it was talking about this whole concept we're talking about and then it ended saying um apology accepted but access denied and I think like that's kind of good I like that I know I loved it because it's just it's this defining moment where it's like just because you said sorry, just because I've forgiven you, doesn't mean you have the same access to my heart, same access to my life mm. as you did before. And I also, there's another, wow, we just said so many quotes we see on that. This <laughs> one also got me. Um, that can excu- explain it, but it doesn't excuse it, you know? Mm. And so I think sometimes I'll have mm. like a confrontation with someone. I'll be like, this is how this made me feel. This is what you did. And like, and they'll say something about like, why? Like, even, it might even be their own trauma. It might right. be their own thing. And I'm like, that explains it so much why they did this and why they hurt me like this. But that may explain it, but I don't need to excuse it. I don't need to oh, say, yeah. like, now you're back in my life, you know? Oh, yeah. And so I think confrontation, and I know a lot of people get scared of confrontation. I think I'm at the point now where I don't, like, and I've said this before in the other one, the guy that I've gone on like, a couple dates with, I, like, was pissed off and I was passive-aggressive and he could tell and we talked about it and I was like, no, here's what you did. Like, here's how <laughs> I felt. Like, here's whatever. And then, like, he was like, I could tell he was in his head spinning and he was like, no, I see all that is that way. I'm sorry. Like, whatever. And I feel like old me would, like, when I was, like, 21 would just be like, hee hee, like, don't talk. You don't want to seem like you're too much. But I'm like, life is short. You get your relationships with anyone, whether it's talking, whether it's friendship, whether it's family, it's it, you have to fight for it right. and so if you're gonna fight for any of that you have to be like very honest and upfront. um and same then even with me i've had friends and even this dr eyelashes say like yeah, i think he's like you talk about followers too much i'm like you're right like i was doing he said that yeah it was good it was convicting for me i think it's because i get excited when i hit and i'm like it's hard because it's also my job so when i hit like a follower account i get excited but like it is like just the image like that you know it's like yes it's part of my job but like it's not something i need to think about daily you know oh, so like what can i do and i was like i appreciate that you know like those are things that like sometimes you have to be confronted with that on purpose in order for you to grow but you have to also determine that and like i think and even i i'll give emmy johnson a shout out too because there was one time i was upset with emmy about something and i called her and i was like can we just talk about it and we talked about it on the phone and she's like i love that we're doing this right now and i was like okay yeah, and I'm like, well, this is this is why I'm upset. This is the way I took it. These are the positions I'm coming from. And she goes, that explains so much more why you were upset about this. You know, right. and, and after that, I was like, I felt closer to her than ever. Good. You know? Oh, definitely. And I see, like, a lot of times Christians, we shy away from the hard conversation. And we think it's like, oh, my gosh, like, I have failed as a believer. And, like, now they're going to walk away from the faith. But, like, so many times there are tense, tense moments all throughout scripture where it's just like it's been hard for a reason and like I'm a firm believer as of like knowing how to navigate good tension like knowing how to understand like what needs to be said and like how um how it needs to be like 
navigated, not just like dumping, hey, you did this and I'm mad. Like, obviously, like that might work for some people, but not for everyone. So um, we asked you guys on Instagram, what are some things um, you guys wished Christians talked more about? And like, honestly, when I was talking about all of them, this is <laughs> talk about all of them right now. Um, I wish we had the I know. time. I know. Keep going. But um, like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So one person said sexuality, class, and race. Um, someone said... Okay, wait, Kelly, I want to stop that one on that. So oh. as you're a black woman right. in America, and you said race is something we've already talked about. Like, yeah. When is... Like, what... How do you wish white people listening were willing to talk about it? I think... So I did say this, and I think green flags or red flags, one of those. Um, but just staying informed. And I think, like, out of um, this month, if you're going to learn about anything, if you're going to push yourself to be any more aware or educated, is like, simply just, like, picking up a book and um, having a conversation after you read it. Not so much, like, okay, I'm going to read this book. What do you think about it? Like, coming up to any other, like, person of color. Or trying to flex on it. Like- or trying to flex on it. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, the church has more of a stance when it comes to minorities or any type of marginalized, like, people group than, like, the church realizes. Um, and it's frustrating because, like, they often take the back burner. And I know, like, we all you know, saw how crazy 2020 was for multiple reasons. Um, but I remember, like, when it was, like, the first moment of the riots happening and the protest. I was, like, I remember, like, scrolling through Instagram. was back of my mind. I'm, like, okay, like, what's, like, the first church leader? Like, who's, who's going to be that's going to talk about this? And I remember seeing, like, political leaders talk about it, like, just famous people talk about it. And then maybe, like, a week, a week and a half went by, and obviously this is, like, on the news everywhere, and I think finally someone said something. And it was, I think it was either Christine Kane or, oh, my gosh, I'm going to blank, Lisa Brevere, one of those. And it was, like, the floodgates opened. And then all these church leaders started talking about it. And I'm like, it should not have taken that long. Like, mm. these are conversations that churches need to be, like, coming in saying hey this is what's happening and like for some sometimes like maybe the church doesn't know yet maybe it's like far off in another different country but it's still um some type of injustice but like that's something one that is not talked about two not led a conversation is not led by the church and like three it's not talked about from a perspective that is well received mm. if that makes sense I, and i remember when i took like the class i'm sure i talked about gender race and media and i was like probably one of the only really there's like probably three white girls in there and i got to see like a whole different experience because i mean at that point i'm hanging out with just my sorority friends girls like i'm hanging out with upper class white girls all the time um and i think that was the first time they said something about like what racism is and i realized oh my gosh i have totally been like i've i'm not a racist but i have been racist before you know and Mm -hmm. I and I kind of confessed to the class. I was like, I would be lying if I say growing up in New Orleans, if I saw a group of black guys, I didn't like profile them and try to get up to the other lane or like, you know, if I didn't get more scared than I probably would with white guys, you know. And so I had to see that in my own self. And my professor said something to me. She's great. A lot of PR for that. She goes, hey, Grace, like, honestly, the first thought that comes into your head is like how you were raised, your culture, like everything that like is your first thought, you know, it's just like what. You may have a first thought that is racist and you have to like admit that, but your second thought is your character. And so work on your second thought so much until that first thought is gone. And so I think the issue is there's been so much of a people are so scared to be canceled and be called a racist that they won't admit when they have a racist thought, you know, but you're never going to be able to fight through that if you don't admit, okay, no, I have been, I have been, I have persecuted. And same with like everyone. I think whether, not even just racism, like everyone's been like anti-Semitic, everyone's been 
like judgmental. Everyone's talked crap about the girl who slept around and then gave the guy a hall pass, you know? So mm. if you don't first, like you can have that first thought and that sucks and that's bad, but you have to work on your second thought till your second thought becomes your first thought. That's really good. I'm actually taking this class on, um, piece of reconciliation and like I've been in my, my master's program for two years and the fact that like we're all ending this program on just like how to reconcile um and there's this one book I was reading and it talked about how much like how the church is obsessed with this idea of like peace and it's so like it's honestly like we're not ready for that because you see so many leaders in the world today that have been you know the martyrs of peace like Martin Luther King like JFK um, and it's just hard to believe that like JFK okay. really JFK like, I, the president yeah wasn't he kind of bad too I mean it isn't well, a little a little bad. horny well, mm-hmm. everyone has their thing okay. um, <laughs> um, probably not the best example but <laughs> okay, like, I, I, I know like, he was like director of peace JFK not the director of peace Sad right dad, here don't get me wrong but a little sketchy I thought as, as we all are okay well maybe um, Mother yeah. Teresa sorry sorry keep going keep going yeah Mother yeah. Teresa um, but anyone. Like, these people have, like, ushered in this idea of peace, and the world has, like, constantly proved that, like, okay, we're not ready. Because, I mean, obviously, they have um, been shot, murdered, or whatever it was, um, or died. Because, like, this idea of peace has to, like, first, you first have to come up with this idea of, like, reconciliation and, like, justice. And I think, like, the church loves this idea of peace. Like, oh, Prince of Peace. Or, like, yes, like, I I have this air of peace. I feel peace in this room right now. But when you think justice, that's when that's the hard conversation. That's the tension. That's the uncomfortability that everyone's like kind of straying away from because you're saying, hey, I did something wrong or I thought this wrong thought or like I can't or I'm not unable to even comprehend your perspective right now. So like just be for my own personal comfortability, I'm just going to avoid it. But justice has to always come first and then peace will naturally just um, precede it. But I mean, I love the churches that have come out today that have said, hey, like we, we're fighting for like these type of people and we're changing our, our systems or this or that. Um, but it's hard, too, because it's like, well, is this performative now? Like, mm-hmm. shouldn't we have done this from the get go? So there's just so much tension that comes with it. But time and time again, I'm like, OK, you're having the conversation like that's at least yeah. the first step. And that's the thing is, like, I think sadly because of social media there's so much performative when it comes to that right. and there's also pressure on people to be performative i remember even as silly as it is being someone with more instagram followers as an influencer in like 2020 like the pressure to like post like to prove that i wasn't racist like you know and it was like and i, I know it sounds kind of i mean i may be saying something ignorant it was so much like it was like i was so scared about being canceled like and i remember then sorority rush happens months after black lives matter which doesn't mean that just because it's months after the trend doesn't mean you should forget about it 100 percent but i remember posting about sorority rush and someone was like don't you have better like this racism there's so many other things you could be talking about (laughs) and yeah there's better things but i don't know if i'm the most freaking educated doesn't mean i'm not trying to grow but really you want a little grace valentine like i can post things and i think one time you even asked me like would you ever post a mini book on this? And I go, Ketley, like, I would love to point people to really people who are experts who have that. But I think it's just weird if I, as this, do you get what I'm saying? Like, no, that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times, like, we expect everyone to always be on this, this, um, not pedestal, sorry, like a soapbox, like preaching, like, we need to go here. But like, I always say, like, you are gifted to speak to the specific audience. And like, that's, it's not your burden to say, well, now I have to bring in this whole other audience. No, someone else has giftings to speak to that person too, or and that you should hype people up and I even think like yeah. when I asked you in this podcast like 
I, well, one, we already were having these conversations. Like, you're one of my best friends. And I think someone did ask me, like, why'd you pick someone with not that many followers? But you have a lot of followers to me. Like, it's like, like, so don't, like, don't, don't, don't get, whatever. But, and I, and I am not afraid to say, like, also, like, I know I have a lot of white listeners, a white, like, audience, and I want them to see, like, someone like you, like a powerful black woman. And I want to point that to me and like to you too, like to hand the torch and be like, you know, there's things that I can't speak on and there's things that I can't be like, I know what it's like to be, feel this way. And I want them to point them to someone who can so that maybe when they're in their halls or they're on their school campus or they're rushing a girl that they won't, think that that black girl is much different they'll see the similarities but they also know that her upbringing is different that there's things that she does with that she doesn't have to but then she can feel like oh i know that kelly on the podcast is so cool like that could be the bridge you know right and i think sometimes it's not about always speaking on every topic Mm -hmm. perfectly it's about admitting the topics that are hard for you but pointing to someone who can you know and not perfectly and also one more thing on that I think in the Bible, we've also seen Jesus flip table. So when you talked about not wanting peace, like Jesus was, yes, he was the prince of peace, but peace doesn't look like, ooh, like hoopla, we're going to all sing <laughs> in a circle. You know, peace can be flipping a table out of it because it was not just, you know, and Jesus right. flipped the table of selling something in a church. And that's why he flipped it because it just like the, the, like just the religious people who were going against his word. And so you just have to see what tables are you sitting at that Jesus would flip, you know? Right. And that's also where I felt convicted. I'm like, am I sitting at a table? Am I speaking into this group and pointing them to truth and to other people? Or am I just sitting at a table and, and using a group that people, Jesus would flip, you know? Oh yeah. And I think it's hard to honestly, yes, it's hard to have hard conversations with other people, but to have that conversation with yourself is it takes time because I even there's been times where I sit here and throughout everything that's happened in the past like three years, I'm like, if I was not black, would I care as much as I do now? Like if my life was not on the line, if I wasn't concerned of like my family and all of that stuff, like would I be as invested as I am now? And that was like a hard reality check for me because of like, what are my intentions? Because I really wanted to educate people. I really wanted to have these hard, these hard conversations. But for me, it was just like, OK, like now. Honestly, some days I felt like I was just clocking in. All right, you know, who's going to have this conversation with me? Like, where am I going to go now? Like, who's going to sit down and, like, we're going to just talk about it for, like, 30 minutes to, like, an hour? Um, so it's it's hard, too, because, yes, like, that first thought is, like, your upgrade upbringing, but your second, um, that's kind of, like, where you need to start growing, how you need to yeah follow up and once you realize that you have to like get that crap together like it's not Mm -hmm. like it's like oh that excuse once again it can explain it but doesn't excuse it and i think we've said that before and and, like i just think you can explain it but you have it doesn't give you an excuse to be that way you know um and i even think like it was interesting because my parents they're so awesome they're great and they're like no surprise anyone knows me like they're super republican they're great like i love them and like i can i can lean right on some things too and I'm not afraid to say that I'm not like shying away but I'll never forget my and sometimes I'm, I always wonder if my parents see it when Ketley was driving my car one time home from for like eight hours like from Atlanta because I needed Ketley to go somewhere whatever Ketley came with me to speak and I saw my mom have so much empathy and was like I was really worried for Ketley driving your car like what if a cop stopped her and not thinking like a cop out to get you but just the confusion of like at the end of the day like I think one time, Ketley, you've called me out on it, too. Like, I have cried my way out of every flipping ticket I've gotten. <laughs> like, I, I 100% know that is my privilege. Um, mixture of, like, 
blonde dumb girl privilege and like just white privilege you know and so and I, I don't want to go too far into that today well I'm not afraid to go too far into that but then I mean when you drive my home car back my mom was like what if they assume that Kelly's stealing your car like what if they you know because the registration's in yeah. my name you know and I was like wow my mom has so much empathy and can like see that too and right. that was like also just like such a like a cool not cool moment it was sad because I was like I hate that that's the way the world works but I could see like her heart like for you I could see mm-hmm. her heart for like realizing that injustice exists you know that oh the, yeah it could be translated and I remember my mom would always kind of like I think at first she was just like concerned about that because she was like well you know uh, when Grace told me about this camp and like her family had a cabin like super close by I was like yeah like come nap and come hang out anytime you want so obviously exhausted I would do that um and then my mom asked one time was like okay well like what if the neighbors see you? Obviously, mm. like, you're new in the neighborhood. Yeah, because like, comes to stuff. my parents' house in North Carolina sometimes. Yeah. Without me. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a period of time where I hung out with Grace's family way more. <laughs> they, like, were, like, Ketley told us. I was, like, and my favorite is, like, I'd be with Ketley. They're, like, Ketley! And I was, like, <laughs> I was, like your daughter. I would Hello. be, like, Ketley's, like, I don't know. I'm sorry, Grace. like me. Yeah. But, no, no it, was, it was interesting because that's something my mom thought about. And she was like, okay, well, I just want to make sure, like, do the neighbors know you? Have you met them? Like, do, did the family tell the neighbors that you're going to be there? And, like, for me and, like, someone on the Instagram, I'm like, that's fine. I'll work out. I'll be friends with them, too. Whatever. Mm. Um, but it was honestly, like, this truth that, like, she was I mean, she's just worried about. It's something that didn't, didn't come out of nowhere obviously this was happening it's on the news today and like easily it could become like me so my mom was like very concerned about that so when grace told me that story it was like honestly i told my mom about it and she was just like okay like mom to a mom they're, they're type aware. yeah yeah it was just like okay like you can take care of my daughter too like you see the Aww, you see the concerns I'm gonna and she cry. Was just like, that's oh, so sweet okay like i can breathe you know um and this was me at like what 20 like she was i was old at that point it wasn't like i was like seven um, but she still has those concerns. And I think like the reality is, is people are having those thoughts and people are having those concerns. So like, um, as believers, like bringing light to these controversial topics, isn't new. Like people are going to have their opinions and sometimes we might, may not agree with them. Um, but that's just the reality. And I think it's honestly a beautiful thing that Christians, mm, not all Christians can agree with Christians because like we can go out to those areas. We can go out to different perspectives and say, Hey, like this is a perspective I believe, and I'm going to still bring Christ in this. I'm going to still bring truth in this. Um, you may not agree with it, but it's hard to just say, Hey, everyone is going to believe this one thing. I don't think that's honestly makes sense on like, yeah. And sometimes it's about before you have the conversation, walking in with empathy. Like I think of like my mom having the empathy to just try to yeah. just, and it's not, you'll never be able to walk a mile in your shoes, but like the idea of let me try to think what her, what would be going on in her heart? Like what could, could obstacles? And I will only be able to think of 5% of them, you know, mm, and understanding that and, and having the empathy and same with whether that's even like a friend, like your friend's going through a hard time, your friend's sleeping around with a lot of guys and you want to talk to her about to call her up. Like, how are you walking into that conversation with empathy? Are you first just trying to fix what's going on? Or are you trying to check on her heart? You know? Yeah. And I think it'd be one thing like, and I, we've had moments too, where I feel like I haven't been great and like, there'll be chaos in the world and I'll be like, what's up, Ketley? How's it going? <laughs> like, want to hang out? And like, you're like, and I could sense, and I'm like, my first reaction to everything of everyone, not just you, and not just to like my black friends, you know, like is to come out of empathy first, you know? Oh, 100%. But especially in a world where it can be chaotic and feel like a lot. Yeah, and 
with like all of the topics y'all put in on the um, question yeah. on Instagram, I mean, there's things from like mental health, LGBTQ to trafficking, rape culture, like women's sexual sin. Like this is all like hard stuff. And with the whole idea of empathy, walking in with empathy is so important because like for me, like LGBTQ, that's something I like genuinely I have never walked down that road. So for me to be like, this is what you just do. That's what you should do. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like, this is what you're going to do next step. One, two, three, four, five. Like, that's just not realistic. And like, I've never met a person that that's worked for. Mm. Um, and it's just hard to uh, like walk in just telling someone how to live their life, not even knowing who they are. So that empathy kind of it's like, like when I get dating advice from someone and this is so bad, they can, I want all girls who were married since they were 19 to hear, you can always give dating advice, you know? But it's like when someone's trying to tell me to put myself out there and I'm like, you married your high school sweetheart. You, you can still give me dating advice. You can still give me that. But like, come with a little empathy. It's a hard world out there. Yeah. you know. <laughs> like, you know, it's so. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying in that. Definitely. And for the last question um, we put on the story, it was, you know, what are some ways that like Christians can lead in hard conversations? And one of my friends put this on here and like it just always stuck with me. He said, new thoughts require new thinking. And that can be scary when faith is built on sameness. Oh, that is so convicting. Like, oh, when faith is built on sameness. Because there's so many things where like even like when some of you share testimonies, and you're like me too. And like you get so excited. There's like a me too moment of like. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying as in the sexual soul, but you're like, man, that's so me too. We same upbringing. Wow. So cool. But if your faith is built on finding community, that's all the same as you. Like you're mm. gonna, you're not being challenged. Oh, definitely. And I think like what's hard is that we as believers think that there's a, I guess a checkpoint or a level we reach where it's like, okay, I'm done growing. I have reached, you know, peak Christianity and there's no more for me after this. Level like, achieved. Level, level achieved. Level. But, like, in reality, like, that's, like, the most beautiful part of, like, the Christian faith is that we continually grow. So, like, I love what he said is when we've built it on sameness. It's just that, of course, like, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ is awesome. But, like, understanding that our world is changing and we have to always be investing in, like, these people who might not agree with, with us or have different perspectives and, like, make sure that we're not sitting at the tables that Jesus would flip. And, you know, I said this in another podcast but or another episode, but... Um, if your table looks just like you believes all the things you believe mm. like you need to switch tables yeah but and I also think we're in a world where people are so scared to disagree now like they're so scared to think differently than everyone vote differently than everyone be around people then differently than everyone and people like it's almost like taboo to talk about those things and I'm like when does that become taboo like I don't think I think that's a very recent thing that people, I mean, I guess it's, you're, no, that's, that's so ignorant of me to say that's a very recent thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a very, very recent thing, but like it is, especially today's day and age, I just feel like everyone's scared to bring up like, it's like the nose of a Thanksgiving dinner table, politics, whatever. Mm. And I'll never forget, one time I tweeted, this is like back in college, I was way more ignorant. And someone else called me out for my tweet, and I was like, I, I cried, and I had to cry. I'm like, I'm crying because I'm convicted. I'm not crying because I was hurt, you know, like, they were right but i tweeted something like okay this thanksgiving don't be afraid to like don't talk about politics like take away a moment just embrace each other and then someone was like no you should talk about politics with your family and i was like okay you're right and you should be able to disagree it doesn't have to be that but you should be able to speak your your heart and what's going on in the world at a dinner table with someone without it being weird you know yeah. and i think what's hard is because at the dinner table like thanksgiving the holidays all you know uh, just happened a while ago and I think like we want to preserve that like 
idea of like, oh, like this is the piece, the you know, you want to preserve that. But the reality is like you have so many generations coming into one home and so many like um, different belief systems coming into one space. Like it's almost like natural and normal for it to be like, oh, that's what Uncle Johnny And everyone's now? speaking from their own experience, and so it's a great way to share that. I think you can have those. And also I think the sad thing is right now people are so used to only having those conversations and them going horribly, you know? Yeah. And it's also hard because it's hard to be – you can also only control your – like your discernment and your the way you interact about that. They will always be a crazy uncle who just like there will flips always crap, be you like- know. And so you can't control that. And you can always find something similar that brings uh in a good way peace, but not like pathetic peace. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you can find the common thing. Everyone likes the turkey and the oh. gravy <laughs> and the mashed potatoes. You can talk about those things, but like life is about something more than just having small talk. You know, mm-hmm. if you're only having small talk, then you're not having great long-lasting friendships oh 100 and that one quote like we all know it like can't teach an old dog new tricks like i part of me is like i think you can okay i think you can at least like put in the effort to like hey let's widen your perspective let's let's show that like you know maybe the way Mm -hmm. you've been raised and like what you believe and like what you've been taught to believe there's more to life than that than just that um and i think that's like a huge part of going back home or I guess I'd say a huge fear is those hard conversations and like mm. I remember when all of those things were happening that was honestly one of the biggest um tensions a lot of people were like coming up with it's just like I I believe this but like my parents don't or my grandparents have said mm. this before my uncle believes that and I'm like okay well God has placed you in that family um to speak life and to speak truth mm. so like please don't shy away from that and I think like you know, speaking on like a social media platform or even like friend groups or anything like that, whole different ballgame than talking to your parents that like wiped your butt when you were a kid or like, you know, your grandma who babysat you when you were like three. And like now you're saying, hey, grandma, like the things you're thinking, the things, you know, maybe let's just think of it from this perspective. And sometimes like a lot of um, older generations may think of that as like disrespectful. But like, I mean, obviously coming at it from a very pres- a respectful perspective mm. oof, um, is the name of the game so it's going to happen tension's going to be present it's going to be there I just believe that like we're all placed in these situations mm. we all cross paths with people who are different from us um, for and, a reason and I think like it's so easy to people's first reaction especially girls is to be like the like kind of more passive aggressive like sit still be pretty don't talk about anything like mm-hmm. don't cause commotion don't stir the pot you know and i think we forget when you're passive aggressive you're more aggressive than if you're honest and yeah. like you're creating an empathetic space and so like past it can be easy to be passive aggressive and not bring up hard things but that's that's more hurtful like right. that that's oh, more 100%. aggressive there's a reason it's passive aggressive because it's freaking aggressive <laughs> to just sit there and, and be like yeah tina hmm. oh yeah like, you know and so it's so important like I, you may think you're you're being a good girl and like there's that good girl syndrome we all get like be mm-hmm. a good girl be a good church girl like you don't talk about anything bad don't make anyone uncomfortable you bring people together but if you really care about bringing people together you won't be a passive aggressive you will be honest and true and you can say it with love you can say it with empathy and you can also real honest people say honest hard questions like yeah. it's like me going to Ketley and saying hey am I being a freaking ignorant little white girl right now <laughs> and like i appreciate that i have friends but ketley also i have to understand it's not her job to tell me what's right and wrong like i can go to her as an honest friend but like 
it's my job to also learn how to find those questions myself and have the discernment to work on thinking through that lens. Oh, definitely. And in that moment, you're saying, okay, I'm not going to sit on the fence and kind of just wait and be this like passive aggressive or whatever. You're making a choice. And I remember I heard this one sermon. Um, they were kind of giving this illustration of this person. It's like ambiguous and like whatever C.S. Lewis or whatever and this guy's like kind of in the in between like okay should I go over there towards God or should I go over there towards the devil and he's going back and forth and of course I am paraphrasing um but then he is on the fence literally he's sitting on the fence and like going back and forth looking and then so much time has gone by that the devil this character the devil comes up to him and says okay like come with me and he's like wait no no I didn't choose it I didn't choose yet and then he looks at him and was like no 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 you already did I own the fence Oh, snap. And I remember that was the moment where I was like, I need to stop being so passive on things Mm. because there's going to be moments where you are going to be like backed up in the corner of like, okay, well, what do you believe? Mm. And I think that tension of like saying like not agreeing with everyone in the room forces people to sit on the fence and they're just like, well, I'm going to, you know, be as middle as possible and that way everyone's happy mm-hmm. like obviously that's not the life that jesus lived he literally got murdered for it so it's just the reality is the fence is never the position to take on anything yeah okay so if there's someone right now who like is listening and they're like i know i need to bring this up to this friend this relationship uh, something that has hurt them a hard conversation that needs to have be had mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them um do your research I think a lot of times we come into those conversations and obviously not just like social issues or whatever, but like if it's a rumor that was spread around and obviously hurts you, like, okay, let me trace back this rumor. Let me make sure that I know I understand what's going on. And then if it still like lines up with what I believe, then yes, let's um, have a conversation. That way I know all the information that's happening. Um, And it's so scary too, because we're afraid of saying the wrong thing. We're afraid of saying or being called out of like, actually you received that information wrong. Don't shy away from that. Like, we're all Mm. called um, to hold each other higher and to live at a standard. But um, I think in those moments, we can definitely say, like, okay, yes, I'm wrong. And to admit failure is not a bad thing. To admit that you were wrong on something is not a bad thing. Like, it just grows y'all's relationship so much more. Yeah. I mean, I even think about, like, the hard conversations that I had with people back in 2020 with the job that went south. And... I even like have I and I used to be waiting on an apology waiting on them to say what I want and that's my thing with closure is Mm. I took me a while to get closure because I'm like they haven't you know they haven't like they haven't apologized they know they hurt me and like when they have tried to like come back in my life and say the right things they're like almost saying it feel it feels fake what they're saying because they're trying to find like things they remember about me like what's swiping up when I'm working out at the gym like oh hi you're not doing orange theory (laughs) like you know that's like and it like it just annoys me because I'm like just apologize like if right. you but I have to stop waiting on apologies that I can't control you know mm-hmm. and so I think when it comes to hard conversations like don't expect anything going into the conversation just expect to show your heart and expect to show where you stand and be okay with it not going your way because yeah. at the end of the day like God is only going to close doors that are not meant to be open and you can also be done with someone and learn to not resent them anymore you know I think that's something mm-hmm. I'm still working on and processing even though this was like almost two years ago is that it's so easy for me to just resent them for the things that they said and did and like how they made me feel but my resentment will only stop me from going farther in life you know and so I think you can be like Paul Barnabas and like maybe like you just have to distance yourself from them and be like you know at the end of the day did they have a good heart deep down the there is just something toxic about our relationship we just weren't meant to be oil and water but I hope they do well for the gospel like I hope that they go out and and I think even 
after you have a hard conversation that doesn't go your way, learn to pray, not for things to go your way, but pray for that person to get what they want, like as in like success, like pray they get the job, pray they get the girl, pray they get the guy, you know, like pray for your ex-boyfriend she don't use for your future wife that she loves <laughs> Jesus. It sounds silly, but like remind yourself that even the people who feel like your enemies are like your teammates in this world, you yeah. know, like someone, it sucks. Like if someone says something ignorant, pray for them to learn, you know, and that they can walk in it for their own like, so that they're in the position they can do that. But, yeah. No, definitely. And, I mean, it's going to be scary. It's going to not go your way sometimes. But I think um, it grows us as people, as believers, and especially when we're able to, like, leave those conversations and still having that heart to pray for them. Um, this is a lot about, like, uh, your character and how you can mm. leave those conversations. Exactly. All right. So. Sponsor post time. Sponsor post sponsor. Sponsor post time. <laughs> Sponsored podcast. Ooh, yes. Remember, we still don't have ads. We're still trying to make the bucks, guys. Still got our flip cup table as our podcast. Still got our flip cup table. Oh, yeah. We'll make it one day, baby, Catley. Oh, yeah. So uh, I am going to sponsor this episode to uh, my first kiss. Oh, ow, Yeah. I would love to be like, it was so romantic and cutie pop. It was amazing. No, it was awkward. It was weird. Um, It happened during, I think, the last installment of Twilight. Stop, Twilight. Yeah. If I need another reason to hate Twilight, it's that. a dream for like us when we were probably like 2008 it was probably so cute for me back then but then like literally now, in the moment just, have mm-hmm. you ever tried to rewatch twilight and you realize how horrible it was but it's like, terrible it's actually you, terrible everyone thought it was so good like was that theater is ready for twilight oh my goodness yep not a fan all right grace who are you sponsoring okay, so mine to my parents will because i lose my inheritance if i get a second ear piercing and so <laughs> and i've mentioned my shop brooks taylor earrings y'all can still use the code like i said i'm not getting any money for it but use the code wine for shop brooks taylor if you want um and i'm mad because they have so many cute little like the second ear piercings of the whole but my parents are so like as much as like they're like amazing people i love them they're so straight when it comes to like tattoos piercings and so i feel like i was meant to be an edgy girl but it's against my brother's always like i'll pay for you to get your second hole pierce or your cartilage you're like not worth it i know i'm like i know you're trying to get the will um, <laughs> i don't even know there's probably like no money in it and my parents are just saying it to keep me from getting the piercings um just so yeah shout out to the will for that you know it's stopping me from getting the second jo- shot brooks taylor earrings but at least i have the cute first one so there you go well thank you guys so much for hanging out another episode of water into wine follow us on instagram at water into wine podcast dm us what you want to see because Ketley and me post on our stories and we get feedback and it's a lot easier for us to see than even my own dms so it's a great way to interact with us about what you want on the podcast and we can't wait to talk to you soon